and then we'll get started. So, are you guys ready? Yep. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Good, the Bad, and the Nerdy Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Tom. With me again is Will and Bruce. Hey, everybody. Hey, uh, I don't have anything snarky for this one because I can't say something about the movie. I don't know what to do, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So we're doing something different. Instead of a movie review, we're going to have another of our fun discussions. But this time we're going to play... A movie draft game. So if you've listened to other movie podcasts, it's become a popular uh, bit where uh, basically it's kind of like fantasy football, fantasy baseball. We're each going to be building a movie studio, and we're going to be picking movies from the year 1982. We have five, six categories, and we're going to go into rotating picks. So everyone will be picking uh, a movie uh, for uh, six movies. And our categories we're doing are blockbusters, so movies that grossed either uh, – at 60 million or above. So I, I you know, since it was the 80s, the bo- the threshold is a little bit lower. So, but uh, blockbusters, Oscar nominees. So the films were nominated for uh, for an Oscar, but uh, just Oscar. So it doesn't have to be Best Picture or anything. If it was just nominated for an Oscar, it's eligible. Drama, comedy, action, and then wild card, which is anything. It doesn't matter as long as it came out in 1982. That's your wild card. You can put it in however you want. So, uh, and uh, after we ha- make our lists, we are then going to uh, post the, a vote on our uh, Twitter account, uh, Fans of Good, Bad, Nerdy, Movie Podcast, and on our Facebook account. And you'll be, you, you the listeners, can vote in who you think had the best uh, lineup. Once again, these are all movies from the year 1982, a very important year for all of us. I mean, granted, I was only three at the time, but uh, Lord knows I watched almost all these movies all the time because they got aired all the time. After the fact, and uh, now Bruce, how old were you in '82? Um, let's see, that will be for half of the year, uh, 10 years old for half of the year, 11. Excellent, excellent. That was a great, that was a big year for you, too. So, um, all right, so let us begin. Um, I will go third, uh, rotate. Uh, who won? Uh, will call heads or tails? Uh, I call tails. All right, Bruce, you get the first. So you get to go first. Okay. Uh, uh, you just pick whichever category you want to go with first. Okay, well, I'm just going to cheat a whole bunch, but I need to double check whether the 82 Oscars were really 81 movies. Like, I get confused. So, uh, so yeah. what you want is the 55th Academy Awards because those were the 1983 Academy Awards, but they yeah. included movies from 1982. Yeah. That's, that's how it works. So 55th Academy Awards is what you want for Oscar movies. Well, I did I'm my research, Ra- damn it. Then I'm not going to get Raiders of the Lost Ark, damn it. So that's no good. Uh, um, it was no. not nominated, but it did come out in 1982. No, it came out in oh, 1981. Okay. Did it? Yeah, that was 81. Yeah, it, was in, it was in the 82. It, it was a nominee in 82. Well, well, there were nominees in 82. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. That... Okay, so uh, now, now all of my prep. So what we now have learned is that all of my prep is bad because I don't oh. have the things. Oh, actually, it I was, was released the twice, honestly. It was released in both June 12th, 1981 and March 18th, 1982 for a second run. Yeah, we're not going to count that one. No, we're not. But I just didn't realize that. <laughs> That's interesting. All right, moving on. All right. So... Um... I'll just go ahead and do a blockbuster film that I actually like enough and find worth rewatching. 
Uh, although I don't think it's got as good a rep as other films of the time. I liked 48 Hours. It made money. I thought Eddie Murphy was actually good in it. And for God's sake, someone figured out what to do with Nick Nolte. Dan, that was a good pick. I was uh, That was on my list for... So good choice for that one. So uh, you for, you pick Blockbuster 48 Hours, okay? Will, what yep. is, uh, what's your next pick or your first pick? Um, my next pick is probably going to be for comedy. And I'm going to go with The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Oh, good choice. Because, well, if you've seen it, you know. <laughs> Well, and we should point out, like, out of all the uh, Dolly Parton movies, this one kind of has a, become slow, more and more of a cult classic in a good way. So, and uh, has a lot of interesting uh, side. I'm surprised you didn't pick it for Oscar nominee because it, it did have some Oscar nominations too. So, that was I was going to be my secret pick for Oscar nominees because, uh, oh, um, Charles Darney got nominated for Best Supporting Actor for his uh, big solo sequence. Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. All right. So, uh, okay. So I got Will down for comedy for Best Whorehouse for uh, 48 Hours for Bruce for a uh, blockbuster. I'm gonna go ahead and do my blockbuster because you know I'm that kind of guy. I might as well pick the highest grossing film of the '80s that E.T. Extraterrestrials. Is that your is that your blockbuster? Trash. Yeah. Hey, so I hold up. I still think. Well, I mean, the- it is it is fun trying to figure out for which scenes Drew Barrymore was on cocaine. She was four in that movie. <laughs> they were feeding her the cocaine. Check, was check. Weird. As soon as he said uh, cocaine, that's what, I lost signal. So <laughs> <laughs> it's the CIA. Anyway, uh, it's like it's like like some anchor must really be protective of Drew Barrymore's uh, reputation, <laughs> or Spielberg. See, I just assumed that uh, the ET was the one doing all the cocaine. I could I could see that, but yeah, okay. I mean, back, back. I mean, that guy works for Peanuts and cocaine and Reese's Pieces, apparently. Oh yeah, no, but... like literally, you got to read her memoir. She's like all about all of the cocaine. Yeah, that's well, uh, that's terrible. Anyway, so uh, yeah, we'll pick her back mom up. And her dad were not exactly the uh, best parents, but uh, according to our report, Steven Spielberg was pretty protective. So maybe I guess whenever she he wasn't around, that's when things went bad. But um, all right, so uh, all right, so now I got my first blockbuster out of the way. I'm gonna make my next pick. So for comedy, awesome dude, totally awesome. I have to, I am picking Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I don't think that aged well, but I mean, it was certainly very good at the time. So the thing about that movie is it aged better than a lot of other. Did it? Yeah. Um, so this is also the era of Porky's. Oh God. So this aged considerably better than Porky's. And now that's, I mean, that's not exactly a high bar. Yeah. But this absolutely uh, aged better. So I guess it's my turn to pick Blockbuster. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pick, uh, this one's a little out, out of left field. I'm going to pick Tootsie. Good. Tootsie. Yeah, that's a uh, good blockbuster. Yeah, as a blockbuster. Like uh, Another remember, one that didn't age well. It didn't age well, but it certainly launched a lot of careers. 
Yeah. And it made a giant pile of money at the box office. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was up for – I mean, also, it was one of the movies that got a lot of Oscar uh, nominations. Uh, this one of those films, like, it was a huge hit in multiple different ways. Like, it was a pretty – I mean, comedies did well in the early 80s, but Tootsie was, like, a whole nother level. Um, but, yeah, for those of you who don't know what Tootsie is, it's one of the movies – they don't play much on television anymore, but it was – it was one of the more overplayed films. Yeah, he is uh, Dustin Hoffman's an actor who can't find work because he's just he's that he's at that age where they don't want to hire him. So he decides to go uh, pretend to be a woman to get on the soap opera, and then it becomes a lot of jokes about how ugly she is, but how good an actress she is. And it's it did not age well, uh, but I think it's an important milestone in movie history. Oh, just great! Because it was such a weird like. This is sort of the start of the era of experimental filmmaking that does well rather yeah. than fails miserably. <laughs> yeah, it's a risk that it was a very risky taking film uh, at the time. And like I said, a lot of the jokes are extremely sexist and out of date now. But, you know, there's some I, I will say this. So, um, you know, uh, Bill Murray is very funny. And although his character is a little bit, you know, stereotype typical to um and, you know, this movie just wouldn't work at all now. No, it would not. But again, I, I picked it mostly because of its uh, 80s cultural impact. Good choice. So did, I, did I black out and miss my second pick? Because somehow I went first and I'm going no, last you're, you're now. Next. No, you're going last now. It, we're going in snake order. So it goes Bruce, myself, Tom, then Tom again, then myself, then Bruce, and back that, and that's forth. That's fair, and apparently, but deeply confusing. Okay, okay. Uh, what's left for me to pick from? Well, uh, you have... Comedy, drama, action, Oscar, and wild card. Action. I'm going to call this one good enough that it made it. This was good enough that it actually set forth so many. The, the, the film that launched a thousand shitty sequels, First Blood. Ah, good choice. No, that was an excellent choice. Yeah, but god awful sequels. Nothing, nothing that came after is any good, but that one is good and holds up surprisingly surprisingly well today and despite how badly stallone acted in the sequels in this one he's good like it's actually a movie in which sylvester stallone is good there was a period of time where i think he was a much better actor and he kind of got lazy but i i also still i will still uh stand for uh rambo too because it's just a bat crazy you know movie but uh rambo the the uh, first blood the first one is a good gritty thriller. If uh, uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot. The book they made some significant changes from, but it's still the the whole premise is basically like you know, uh, uh, you know, a uh, dark you know, lesson about how Vietnam vets were treated. So, and I gotta say, it's I I rewatched it recently too. I think it holds up way better than the, you know its reputation. All right, uh, so I'm going to go with my pick. I'm going to go with my Oscar nominee on this one, and it's a little bit of a what I consider to be sort of an off pick, right? Like, there's an obvious pick here. I am choosing deliberately to not pick the obvious one here. Uh, I'm going with Das Boot. Ah, good. Oh, you thief! You fucking thief! I think Das Boot is a very good film. I think it's it's a it's very depressing, but. it's worth seeing, and uh, again, it has a lot of cultural impact. A lot of the movies in the Oscar category are going to have cultural impact, but honestly, I think, I mean, E.T. is on this, is, could, is a nominee for that. 
Uh, you've got Tootsie is on that list too. And then it, sh- I mean, it shares space with Tootsie and ET and the best little whorehouse in Texas and Das Boot, which is sort of the, the one that doesn't fit into this category. Like it doesn't slot nicely into what you'd expect an Oscar film to be. And I, yeah, I really it, like it. So yeah. If you, if for those of you who haven't seen Das Boot, it's a, a German film told from the perspective of the Germans in a sub in World War II. So, I mean, you're basically having, you're wanting to see the candies, German soldiers, they try to downplay that they're, you know, not, you know, they're Nazis, but they're not, you know, they're soldiers specifically trying to survive uh, in a, a pretty horrific situation. And gotta say, that's the, mu- it's the greatest submarine movie ever made. And it may be the greatest submarine movie ever made, um, yes. apart from Hunt for the Red October, which was, we all know is the superior sub movie. <laughs> Well, it does have fun. Uh, you can though. hear Bruce's veins popping in anger as we over the over the mic. It's great. You you you're not only a thief, you're a tasteless thief. You're right, I am. <laughs> but uh, so um, yeah, it's I funny. Believe... We, yeah, it's funny. You brought up uh, uh, Raiders. You know, they they borrowed the sub from uh, Das Boot for the sub scenes in Raiders. So that, that sub made it was so. Perfect. They used it. To, uh, Steven Spielberg literally just borrowed it. So, all right. Uh, okay. All uh, right. So now it's my pick again. All right. So I am going to knock out. Um, let's see. I guess I'll go ahead and knock out drama. And you know, I thought about a few obvious ones, but I think I'm gonna go with a great one that I think a lot of people keep forgetting is a uh, a drama, really. But it's the world according to Garth. Uh, you know, I considered oh. that one. So brutally overrated that film. So painfully horrible. I I don't like that movie. I'll be honest. Uh, Bruce, what were your picks? You've picked First Blood, Forty Eight Hours, and what else? That, uh, that's it. I I haven't picked another one yet. Oh, you need oh, to I'm pick. Sorry. A, I'm sorry, Bruce. You, you need to pick another one. Bruce. Yeah, you're to pick another <laughs> one. supposed to pick two in a row. So that's oh. that's on us. Our bad. Okay. So uh, I am going to make an appeal to you. On the Wikipedia page for 55th Annual Academy Award, Blade Runner on that one. They probably only nominated it after the re-release. So it's on the list of the Oscars in question. Well, I thought Blade Runner did come out in It came out in 82. It came out in 82, so it's eligible. Yeah. Okay, it is eligible. Yeah, yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark isn't, but Blade Runner absolutely I'm putting in Blade Runner. Excuse me, I got that wrong. I was thinking, never mind. Yeah, but Blade Runner. So for your Oscar nominee... Yep. First I mean, it didn't effects. pick. It picked up uh, art direction. Actually, uh, was its nominee. Uh, and it nominated for art direction and visual effects. Lost to Gandhi on art direction, which I guess you'll have to take my word. I'll have to take their word on that one. I don't see it, but maybe it was really good. Uh, but uh, visual effects, ET can can take the crown there and win. When you're looking at ET, Blade Runner, or Poltergeist for '80s special effects movies, yes to all three. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and that's not you know, all the big special effects movies of that year, too. I got a couple more. You know, there's quite a few we haven't brought up yet that uh, shockingly weren't nominated that year. So, um, all right. OK, so. Uh, uh, all right. So, so Tom, uh, we, Tom, you've just picked your third. So it's your yeah. time to pick your fourth. Yes. OK, so I got Garp. OK, I'm going to go ahead and knock out my uh, wild card. Wild card. Because I kind of want to get it out of the way because I'm shocked it's still on the board at this point. Uh, I'm picking Tron. Damn you, damn you straight. Not gonna lie, I'm like (laughs) met on that. I mean, I know the remake had 
hot girl in leather pants, but um, I'm just not. Uh, I think the sequel is overrated. I mean, it's it's the best uh, <laughs> Daft Punk music video I've ever seen. Oh yeah. But uh, as far as a, as for a movie, I think the first one the first one was absolutely an entertaining romp. It was on my list of things to pick for action, honestly. So now I have to to quickly rejigger my picks. Uh, let's but go. Yeah, I, I mean, I you know the Disney Channel as a kid, they aired this thing all the time, and Lord knows I got obsessed with like you know, greetings program. Uh, you know, it's I'm, true. I, I, you, know, the, you know, they're about to open the uh, Tron light cycle roller coaster at uh, Magic Kingdom this year. It's just, it's just weird. And the thing is, according if you've heard the story, it, they nominate, they tried to get nominated for best special effects, and because it was, they were the first to really use computers for special effects, they were disqualified by some of the uh, by the academy they thought using a computer was cheating they wanted it to be more even though even though it's like 37 seconds of the whole movie is computerized yeah, like like 90 uh, anyway who actually knows how they made tron they they film stuff um basically like a uh, white uh, white rooms and then they hand drew over everything so everything's hand drawn okay <sighs> I, i'm going to pick i think my action movie okay um and I think I'm going to go with The Dark Crystal. Ooh, good choice. An odd category, but good movie. Very. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, there's I'm not a like also. science fiction fantasy one. It's not a drama. I have another pick for wild card. And action, it is an action. It is arguably an action story. So compared not to... Not going mean, to lie, not, like, why are we not sci-fiing it up? With, like, we're nerdy here. Why well, because we it would make it too easy. The Academy's tradition. Because we would just They're fill rude. it with science fiction and fantasy, and honestly, this makes for a more interesting discussion. Yeah, I mean, uh, literally, you. I mean, the fact that you know, Will picked Das Boot and you picked uh, First Blood, kind of, and Forty Eight Hours kind of shows we're thinking a little differently than normally pick. So, yeah. I mean, that no one has picked uh, the Beastmaster yet is uh, is telling. <laughs> That was my bet. I had I, I had three wild card you know uh, options, and you brought, I went and got Tron because I knew it was still available. But yeah, you just picked my other one of my other wild cards, which is Dark Crystal. And right. Uh, I, so I Bruce, to, that's, yeah, Go Bruce, ahead. you get two picks now. Yeah. All right. What are the remaining categories? Wild card, uh, drama, and wild card. Left. Yeah, comedy, drama, and wild card for Bruce. Yeah. Okay. So, can I have a couple of honorable mentions? May I just point out that the high water mark of Scott Baio's career, Zapped, was here. <laughs> it is. It absolutely oh, is. I, oh, and you know the the movie that Glad to Charles in charge. One hundred percent. And 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 I just want to also point out that um, Cat People is in fact a terrible, terrible film, uh, and the special effects don't hold up. But Nastasia oh. Kinski held up. She holds up. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah. certain things held up. So putting that aside, I'm going to go with my, with my wild card here. What is the best thing in life? <laughs> Crush your enemies. Pick my Crush choice enemies. for drama. What? <laughs> Are you putting wild card you putting in drama? That's what I want to know. It's not a comedy. Oh, no, no. He picked it as wild card. Uh, so, Bruce, you, you have another pick. Uh, comedy right. or drama? Oh, God. Now I'm, and now I'm fucked because you you, I've already been clobbered off of some of my other things. Um, 
all the dramas are bad. Literally, all the dramas are bad. Oh, They're wait a minute! All terrible. I got it. I got <laughs> it. Drama, The Wall. Yeah, there you go. That's a good choice. Pink Floyd's The Wall. Yeah. Also, a case where that—that's uh, you know—that could have been a wild card. That could have been you know, uh, it's not really a comedy, and it wasn't that big of a hit at box office. So I really drama is the other best option for that one. But a good choice. So, drama is hard for me, which is why I need to pick it now, so I can just have wild card and go completely crazy with whatever I want. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of very strange stuff that went on this year, uh, some of which was kind of depressing. Uh, honestly, my drama would have been First Blood had I gotten to pick, you know, without this drafting process. But I mean, I, I'm going to ask if this would qualify as a drama because it may not. And then I'll have a backup one that I also have to ask, will it qualify? So my first choice for my drama is The Thing. I'll count that as a drama. Bruce, do you agree? It has to be unanimous. Yeah, I'll give it. I mean, so my backup choice was The Secret of Nim. That I would give drama straight up. That movie. I'm going to go with The Secret me. of Nim in this so one. I was so hurt by that. I was so. That, ooh, okay. uh, mm. I'm going to go with The Secret of not Nim. Show that, that was movie an, your 10 year old. That you was an incredibly not. formative movie for me when I was a child. I saw it. Mm pretty early on in my life again because haha animated kids movie holy yeah. crap y'all uh the 80s were full of animated movies that probably weren't meant for seven-year-olds that i yeah, saw when don i was seven or younger don is obsessed with scarring us uh you know yeah. I, I figured out I, had, I developed fear of needles thanks to that movie all right uh i'm gonna go with secret name then uh so i still have my wild card tom you still have action and your oscar nominee and you get to pick them both okay all right for action yeah, you got Conan. I was I was hoping that would still be on the board, so I'm trying to decide for my last pick for action because you guys have done a very good job in taking out a lot of the good options. Uh, um, do it again. What? I'm trying to decide. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Oh, I, no, I was just quoting the wall. That's all. You know. <laughs> do it again. All right. Uh, you can't have your pudding if you don't eat your beef. Can't How can you have any pudding if you don't eat your beef? Stand still, laddie. All right. Uh, screw it. Action. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Absolutely applicable. Honestly, I've been kind of avoiding the obvious ones. Chef's kiss on that one. I love that movie. That's yeah. a great oh, it's, uh... oh, Ricardo Montalban, the only man qualified to stand up to William Shatner in terms of chewing the scenery. And make it work. And not make it lame. And make you believe it. The man was a genius. Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, God, he should have... He invented fine Corinthian leather. He invented I it. I would have loved for him and Raul Julia to have been in Street Fighter together. Oh, man. Oh... <laughs> They could be I the Bisons, to... and that would just be so damn but I'm, amazing. I'm going to plug a film I saw yesterday, and I'm just going to say, in the same vein, the only actor of this generation capable of standing up to Nicolas Cage in The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent and being meeting him crazy for crazy 
unnerving Nicolas Cage with intensity is Pedro Pascal. And my God, it was glorious. Go see that movie, everyone. Go see that movie. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. He's in this zone right now where he can just about play anything. So it's pretty uh, fascinating what he can get away with. So uh, I... All right. Okay. So I got left was the Oscar nominee, which I've been kind of sitting on trying to figure out what to get. Uh, Lord knows there were a lot of good options. Uh, see, I don't want to do the obvious one like Gandhi or something like that. Cause I just kind of, I've been, every time I watch Gandhi, I get very bored. So uh... Gandhi is, I'm sure it's good for somebody. It is not good for me. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you got Tootsie, so that one's out. There's still a lot on here that are that are not terrible. Oh, I'm going through this trying to make up my mind. <laughs> it's, it's like I, I, I'm kind of torn between. All right, you know what? I know what I'm going to pick. Uh, I'm going to go with Victor Victoria. Victor Victoria, not a bad choice. Not a bad choice. Yeah, it's like I, I didn't really want to do like you know um, Sylvie's Choice or something like that, but uh, Victor Victoria is one. I, it's just become more and more fun to watch. Um, you know, it's just one of those weird ones I saw as a kid also because my aunt and uncle love that movie. And I think I think partially you know, they're obsessed with every, anything that um, um, Blake Edwards directed. So, yep. yeah, they had the, they had HBO and stuff like yeah. So that was one that was on a lot. All uh, right. uh, that was your last pick, Tom. So it yep. comes back to me. All I have left is my wild card and uh, a movie that a lot of people have forgotten about but that I saw at a young age and it was actually fairly formative was the toy. Oh man. (laughs) I saw that movie when I was young enough to not understand all the implications of everything that was going on. And I was like, ha ha man, funny. And then I saw it again when I was in college and I was like, Oh shit. This movie is a lot deeper and much more cutting and biting than I originally thought. It's a Richard Pryor film. It's did it age well? I don't know that it did, but the satire and the, but the the biting commentary absolutely aged fine. The movie itself not as much, but the biting commentary just as true today as it was then. So that's my wild card. I mean, it's not. It's a good choice. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm. It's well. I mean, it's one of those weird ones. We're talking about a movie that's either hated by a lot of people or really, really loved. Uh, I've read. Yeah, I heard a great interview with the late great Richard Donner said it was like shoot he ever was on because uh, Richard Pryor was going through cocaine uh, detox, and uh, um, what was it? Uh, Jackie Gleason was deep into alcohol. <laughs> so was like, oh, I imagine the it was a terrible shoot but you know what they produced something that stands up against a lot of other movies uh it 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 is not the best it is certainly not the worst it is legit funny in places and it's still the themes resonate today Uh, in my opinion again i i i challenge people to to disagree or agree with me i think uh it's a good choice bruce your last pick is a comedy good luck Yep, and I, I, I'm just going to blow you boys away because I would like to just take us all back to 1982. America's sweetheart, little Ronnie Howard, his first big budget debut. Ah, nice. Call, 
calling on his 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 colleagues, his friends, Henry Winkler, the star turn of Michael Keaton pre-Batman, Shelley Long. <laughs> Night Shift, boys and girls. I bring you Night Shift. Oh, that's Let's a really open good a one. brothel in a morgue, baby. Boom. Yep. It's the, it's the ultimate swinger movie. There was so so that was a trend in the eighties was the 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 take a business and turn it into another business routine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got all kinds of comedies. You've got you've got Night Shift. I think Risky Business was in this time. Yep. Uh, what's yep. the one about the pizza place where the guy like if you order anchovies he shows up and is a gigolo? Oh, uh, um, yeah, someone Patrick Dempsey. Uh, yeah. Lover Boy. Lover Boy, thank you. Uh, there were there were a surprising number of films in this era that had a premise like this. Yeah. But I, I I confirmed it. Like, you know, you go down his directorial stuff, he did this weird the time crystal and cotton candy, and he's done things in the sixties. But like the first thing that really, really did anything. Arguably it could be Grand Theft Auto, but I've heard nothing of that film. Like that one he's in it and he's starring in it, it's like a little kitty project. The first real Ron Howard movie, the one he would rather we all forget, Night Shift. Yeah, I mean, uh, Night Shift. Uh, yeah, I mean, Grand Theft Auto was a Roger Corman project. Yeah, he's like, hey, I want to, I want to be able to direct the movie. Roger Corman's like, I'll let you direct if you start. And like, okay, so once he got that, uh, and he was able to keep it under budget, working for Roger Corman, he was able to, you know, say, hey, I directed this movie. Let me direct other stuff. So, uh, yeah, so, that's that's a uh, that's basically student film. Yep. yep. Night Shift made twenty three million. It made more than Diner, a film that people think is good in some reason. Uh, it beat the Beastmaster. Well, that's just a tragedy right there. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, it's the Beastmaster. He has trained ferrets. I rest my case. And a hawk. They're not. You know, the hawk was the hawk was not the star of that show, man. No, no. I'll, I'll be- <laughs> the hawk was not the star of that show. Um, I do uh, think it's interesting to look at these p- these picks and. Yeah, I'll go through. I'll re- recap a meet. So we'll start with uh, Will. Okay, so you had for Blockbuster Tootsie, comedy best horror. No, no, do, do them by category. Compare the three category. The categories of each three. So for Blockbuster, Will had Tootsie. Bruce, you had Forty Eight Hours, and I had E.T. because I was lazy. All right, for comedy, uh, Bruce, you had Night Shift. Will, you had Best Whorehouse in Texas, and I had Fast Times at Ridgemont High. All sex prostitutes comedy. in all three movies. Prostitutes in all three. Comedies. Prostitutes in all three movies. Yeah, all all you know, like yeah, all sex comedies. I think that's kind of funny. Uh, drama. Will you had Secret of Nim. Uh, Bruce, you had Pink Floyd's The Wall, and I had The World According to Garp. I honestly think that's the category where we where we diverge to the most. And that's fine because you know uh, all you know, some of those are like you know like Secret Nim definitely one like yeah. It, it's it's such a comp- fitting that in drama is actually the perfect spot for that one. Same for the wall. Like uh, so all three of these are what you call kind of like oddball ones. You know, we didn't pick like stuff like the verdict or Gandhi for good reason. You know, we didn't want to pick those. Right. All right. All right. For action, uh, Will's got Dark Crystal. Bruce has First Blood, and I have Wrath of Khan. For uh, Oscar, uh, Bruce, uh, Will, you got Das Boot. Uh, Bruce, you got Blade Runner, and I got Victor Victoria. And then for wild card, uh, Will, you've got the toy. Bruce, you've got Conan the Barbarian, and I've got Tron. So uh, very unusually uh, diverse picks for each of us. I think it's funny, too. They all seem to have kind of similar you know, veins of uh, 
you know, like our wild cards each of them involve somebody getting enslaved. Uh, it, it's true, but you also see, um, you can see our sci-fi fantasy roots in these picks. Absolutely. Like another reason why I'm glad that science fiction fantasy wasn't a category is because, again, with, that's part of why we 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 joined up with this. I mean, uh, the first thing I joined up for this podcast was Attack of the Clones because I have all the words on that movie. Um, uh, and people who you should go listen to our series on Star Trek or Star Wars. It's amazing. Please go listen to it. Yeah, we've got a lot of new listeners, so thanks for joining in. Yeah, uh, our our 2020. I don't remember my first. Your first uh, was Willow, wasn't it? Willow. All right. Good. Good. Yeah, because I was just Ron a couple. Howard. I was just a couple, a couple behind Bruce when yeah. uh, when Bruce joined. Yeah, and so. you know, my you know, the first one I did for it was say anything. And then you know, like my the first bad movie I picked was Batman and Robin because I just and then the first nerdy one I did was Wreck It Ralph. So he's like, you can kind of see there's certain. You know, we lean certain ways when it comes to uh, types of movies. But, uh, yeah, and I think this is a good way of showing that we have a little more diverse picks when it comes. But we also kind of lean into what our, uh, uh, you know, our wheelhouse. That's pretty big. Which I thought was. Yeah, no one picked Poltergeist. Uh, I mean, it was it was in my running, (laughs) but I was like, "Eh, I don't know if it fits anywhere in these. And I mean, I could have put it as Oscar nominee, but I thought Das Boot was a stronger pick. Um, I certainly a better film. I considered it for drama, honestly, but I was like, no, it's more, I mean, it's a horror film, but it does have a lot of drama in it. And it's not really an action film. Like you expect horror films to be. No, Um, it wasn't. I mean, was it a blockbuster? I don't think it quite hit the threshold. Oh yeah, no, it was a huge hit. It was a very huge hit. Uh, did it? Did it make the? It did seventy six million. Seventy six million dollars. Yeah, I guess it yeah. did. Um, uh, so I, yeah. I don't know. I just think there are there are stronger picks. Like they're just stronger picks than Poltergeist. It's a good movie, and honestly, it's one of the better horror films. Uh, I mean, it still holds up today in terms of horror, but it's the really interesting thing about this the Poltergeist is versus its sequels. If you watch the Poltergeist sequels. They're pretty by the numbers, boring horror movies, right? Yeah. But the first one is actually kind of smarter than it has any right to be. Yeah. Which well, is... I mean, that's the difference. Spielberg wrote the script. He co. I mean, he didn't direct it officially, but he was the co-director on it. Toby Hooper directed it. Spielberg would go back and forth because he was shooting ET literally two blocks away. It's the same. It's the same neighborhood. They <laughs> shot both movies in. So he'd go. He'd walk. He'd shoot uh, ET in the day and walk over to. Uh, poltergeist go watch the shooting of poltergeist at night so he was working on both so it's like this perfect combination and it's got all these spielberg kind of themes that are like perfect for that particular movie but yeah i mean it's it, it's kind of weird too because you know uh it's like the, i would call it spielberg because after that he kind of goes into a whole different zone uh, so it's uh, there's a lot of kind of high concept stuff in there, and then unfortunately they didn't have control of the sequels, and that's why it got all. Mm. Who did who did creepy television absorbing or exiting person first? This or Japan? Like uh, the Ring, which was first? Uh, oh, the, the Ring was, was absolutely like after this. Yeah, uh, Ring was like '99, I think. So yeah. I, I do it. think the movie Houseu though does have an evil television. Okay, because I and also will say that like. Time. The experience of a television on static is no longer a thing that people have. And it's kind of weird looking back at the staticky television stuff because 
it's just not an experience that exists anymore. Yeah, I mean, we're at this point now where there's everything's on 24 hours a day. But the idea is like there's this gray period of time where everything's off, signals are off because that analog signals just went off. Is that's that's a uh, very specific thing, you know? I like that. You know, there's a gag in that movie where you know somebody, the next door neighbor's remote controls the same remote control. So if he changes his channel, their TV changes too. Which you know, that could happen back then. It can't happen now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, that uh, we so we left we, we left Rocky three off. Uh, I almost I will break you is good, but it, we, we, I could have picked it if I hadn't gotten. Uh, first blood. Yeah. I, mean, uh, well, I don't know what you call it. This, was, this was a big year for Stallone. You, know, you had that and, you know, and first blood. Yeah. And he's so much better in first blood than in Rocky. Let's just be fair. Like, whereas he was good in the first Rocky. So yes, I kind of agree with you. There was a, a, a period from like 78 to 82, where it was possible that Sylvester Stallone could have actually been an actor and not a slab of beef, but he chose the other way. Yeah. I think money chose that way for him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that once he got more freedom to direct, he kind of stopped caring about how well he could act. And but then again, he wasn't that good of a director. So, uh, uh, you know, we, we nobody picked Porky probably for good reason. That movie really doesn't hold up. Uh, so that movie is, uh, it's a travesty. Like, uh, I remember having seen parts of it as a young like high school kid and finding them amusing and then seeing it years later and thinking this is hot trash garbage. Yeah. It, and, well, we should point out that grossed over a hundred million dollars uh, outgrossed Rathacon and 48 hours. Uh, yeah. Because boobies sell apparently. Uh, um, I just, I just want to point a thing out for you and this, this is all I will say in defense of that vile piece of garbage is that my uncle, he has passed about two years ago now, uh, he was on my like Apple family plan. And so the first movie he rented on my Apple family plan was Porky's. <laughs> Literally in like the nursing home hospice. This is what he did. <laughs> that's, that's kind of amazing. So I want to point out some, some other films from this era that people may not remember. Um, Amityville 2 was in this era, uh, which is not a good movie. Uh, no. God, no. Uh, a comedy called They Call Me Bruce. Shut oh, yeah. No, no. We don't talk about that. Which uh, is... I I saw that film when I was far younger than I needed to be to see that movie, and I remember laughing uproariously. I haven't seen it since, but my memories tell me that that movie... Well, it's certainly an exercise, and they thought this was acceptable back in 1982. Yeah. So there's that. Um, yeah. Other movies from we this sh- era? We uh, shit on an officer and a gentleman here, and I think for good reason. Oh, yeah, I can't yeah. stand that thing. It's overblown garbage. But there is yeah. the most glorious sci-fi action film to ever be made in 1982. Megaforce. Which, if you haven't you know, seen, I don't even know that one. I don't. Oh, know what you're oh, about. It, it, it's a movie made in the '80s using all the highest technology from 1974. It is a glorious train wreck of bullshit, and it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, you see the cast too. It's one of those great, like, yep. oh, these they all got them when they were not stars yet. Oh, yeah. uh, let's not forget the movie Jinxed with Bette Midler, Rip Torn, and Ken Wall. Um. 
that's a movie that exists. It's about uh, it's a Vegas trip, actually. A Vegas, Reno, Vegas, and Tahoe. Uh, you know, we also uh, as a comedy. I, I can't believe you left the last unicorn off. I was getting there. It's on my list. I got a ton of these. Uh, the last unicorn came out for more child trauma. Um, it's it, and that's that's the movie where it's like yeah, Jeff Bridges is literally just playing the dude before he was playing the dude. For, pretty much. <laughs> uh, we've uh, all forgotten that we it was apparently plausible in 1982 that Clint Eastwood could fly a plane. Uh, yes, Firefox exists. Yep. Uh, let's and it's not the forget- only movie of its kind where like the plane doesn't show up until late in the third act. It's true. Uh, cat people exists in this era oh yes i'm gonna watch that again later tonight (laughs) yeah we know why you're watching that um (laughs) this was in fact the era of the sex comedy so much so that warner brothers released a midsummer night's sex comedy like for real in in 82 were there any non-sex comedies uh I know, because Zapped was a sex comedy. The toy was not a sex comedy. Yeah. Okay. The toy was not a sex comedy. Uh, author, author was not a sex comedy, as far as I know. Uh, is that a movie? Is that a is that a comedy? Uh, it's been yeah, it exists. Um, I mean, comedy, but it's yeah, you know, there's sex gags in it. But oh no, like... okay. There, there's a difference between a movie that has sex gags and like Grease Two has sex gags, right? Yeah. Uh, there is a massive difference between a movie with sex gags and a sex comedy. Uh, yeah. Zapped has sex gags, but I wouldn't call it a. I mean, and it's mostly a sex comedy. I mean, it's a rape comedy, but that's it's, well, so yeah. Well, again, welcome to the eighties. Yeah, it's like it's, but, a, it's a funny if we are ripping the clothes off these like, girls that they're uh, jerks. Um, I have been told about this film, and I just bro- 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 buzzing the list down here at like number eighty-six on IMDb for the year. I, apparently, Liquid Sky was this year, and I've heard horrible frightening things about that movie my entire life it's very hard to find to watch so that's why i mean i've i'm familiar with it but it's one of the things like you have to it's not something you can just get easy so yeah it's just like it's like some uh you know there's some movies that that, it's ufo for drugs it's what it is like the ufos come and they want drugs is that the deal and then uh, they want sex too ufo it's like it's yeah it's yeah it's like some things are just not meant to uh be rewatched, and that was one of them. So, uh, you know, Inchon came out, and that's never been released on, on tape either. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, oh, Trail of the Pink Panther. Oh, the Peter Sellers movie. Yeah, I should have I, said that. Uh, movies I did mention as picks. Uh, the Thing came out this year. Um, criminally yeah. underrated in its day, but a cult classic now. Yeah, and it's kind of the. I almost put the thing on, but another one where it didn't even get nominated for best special effects it was kind which of- is a dirty shame another horror film that i think is underrated but a lot of people don't is halloween three season of the witch yep i thought you were going to pick that one as well i was, I was close but i couldn't quite fit it in i was like oh, i really like that movie but there are better picks yeah I'm- it's it's a good i mean people don't like it i think it's great yeah one comedy i almost went it's a cheat but i almost hit monty python at the hollywood bowl you know, it's. I mean, it's you know, it's a, it's great, but it's kind of a cheat. We're so. also forgetting that the Road Warrior was released this year. Uh, actually, really? That, yeah, the first one, okay. not Mad Max, the Road Warrior. Yeah, technically though, that was actually '81. It, it came out so late in '81 that it, that's why it's not officially. 
Uh, no, it says it was released May 21st, 1982. Okay, I guess I'm going with the Australian release, so. Yeah, yeah and the, the U.S. release was uh, in May, so. Yeah. But yeah, the the uh, the original Mad Max: The Road Warrior was released this year. So, okay, when you get down to like 161 on the list, first of all, it's a lot of movies of the year, I guess. Maybe not. Amazon Jail was a thing, <laughs> so we're just gonna go with that. Yeah. It did. It's not like Facebook banning from Amazon now, kids. It's 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 much much worse. Yep. Uh, Creep Show. Creep Show was released this year. Another awesome. another classic, really. But yeah, it was, like, it's, it was kind of surprising. Yeah, this was a year where a lot of uh, you know, movie theaters had really started expanding. Like instead of like one theater or two theaters, the you know, this become a thing finally. So you you know you would have four or six screens, so they could put more movies out. And because of you know, like I think they all were trying to get their big blockbusters out. You know, and of course nobody expected ET to gross as much as it did. Like you know. People don't understand ET. If you weren't around, ET was the highest grossing film for about fifteen years. It, people just kept going to see ET for a whole year. It didn't come out in video yeah. for five years because they kept putting it back in theaters. Yeah, can I, remember, I tell you a thing? Sure. I've never seen it. Really? I didn't want to see it at the time because I thought it looked stupid. Um, and yes, I was ten years old and I thought it looked stupid. And I have avoided it successfully ever since. Wow. Um, another gonna... film released in this era was that, that made more money than Tron, The Sword and the Sorcerer, <laughs> which uh, mostly is remembered for the fact that the hero has a three-bladed sword that shoots its blades out. Yeah, uh, that, was, yeah that was another case where it's like, they, you know, like, like Tron, for instance, had the bad luck of opening up against Poltergeist. Yep, yep. Blade Runner had the bad luck of opening up the week after E.T. So I was like, every all these movies were like, you know, basically, okay, we think our movie can beat this movie. Well, they were wrong. That was basically how it came down. To a bunch of, like, Swamp Thing came out this year. Oh, good God. Yeah, Swamp how Thing. How have I never heard of this? Don't forget. Jinxed. Uh, jinxed? I mentioned that movie, like, recently in this like, conversation. How did I not know what this is, though? Like, I didn't <laughs> know what it was. It's fucking Bette Midler? I, yeah, with Rip Torn. <laughs> the pirate movie. Do you guys remember the pirate movie? No. Uh, although, oh, uh, parodies were very popular. Version, a comedy version of Pirates of Penzance. Got it. I mean, honestly, parodies of old genres were popular. This is the Dead Man Don't Wear Plaid it came out this year as well. Yeah, that was that one actually holds up. I watched that recently again. Uh, another another one that I think people completely forgot came out this year was Airplane Two. Airplane Two, yeah, um, yeah that was hey, forgettable. Hey, William, no, it's not forgettable because it has William Shatner in it, and my God, is he funny in that? Blinking and blinking and. <laughs> oh, it just—it's so good. The ending, Michael the Bonnet. ending of that is so funny. Yeah. Um, um, like I said, this was. Oh, really there's an Emmanuel got released that year. I thought they stopped in the seventies. Oh yeah. no! No, the Emmanuel's were '80s like films, 90s. weren't they? You gotta, yeah. Well, uh, Bruce, you gotta remember, video tapes were started. Video stores were becoming a thing, so direct to video softcore was a becoming a big market. So, uh, let's see. Okay, I'm going to the three. There were three thousand four hundred and twenty titles in '82 per IMDb, and I, I am currently sorted by popularity ascending, and I'm going to thirty-four twenty right now. So, just give me a minute. <laughs> I'm clicking through. Uh, uh, 
yeah. Emmanuel, okay, it must be a different Emmanuel movie because the erotic ones were released in 74, 75, 77, 84, 88, and 92. Um, I think that there are some that were just using the name because they couldn't keep, uh, because there's like also, I just buzzed by something called Brown Emmanuel that I do not intend to look at. Um, <laughs> uh, and mind you, that's still in the top thousand. I'm, I cannot wait to get lower in the ratings here. Uh, <laughs> oh, here's a here's another great one. Class of '84 came out in '82. Yep. Well, that of was course, a... it was a terrifying future. Yeah, uh, another one that I think is kind of weird. It, it's strange all the stuff that just can't coming out because everything was being released. Kind of. Uh, did you ever guys ever see Eating Raul? That was a great one. I remember seeing the first time on Up All Night. Uh, Gilbert Godfrey introduced that one. R.I.P. Gilbert Godfrey. Um, uh, That was a weird movie. There was a lot of just... (sighs) Movies are weird, man. Like... (laughs) Fitzgeraldo came out. And have you guys heard of that movie? I have not. Okay. Fitzgeraldo was the movie Werner Herzog made with Klaus Kinski. It's about a guy, a real German guy who bought land in the middle of the Amazon. This was in the 1800s to build... And he wanted to build an opera house. So the movie's about him going in the jungle in the Amazon to build his gigantic opera house, and that the because they couldn't cross, he had it all pre-built on rafts. He had to have them haul it up a mountain, which they actually did for real in the movie. They reenacted this by having all these, uh, you know, like um, Amazon natives help pull this uh, gigantic opera house up a mountain to cross over into the the Amazon. It's one of the more bizarre films of all, made of all time. And apparently at one point, the uh, star wanted to kill Herzog. He hated shooting this movie so much. He, he tried to hire the crew to kill him. <laughs> well, haven't, haven't we all been there? Is the question. I mean, even Werner Herzog, though. I mean, who, I, I'm sorry. If he starts talking to you, you're just suddenly, you know, uh, hypnotized. So I could see the idea. We got to kill him before he convinces us to keep filming. <laughs> Honestly, I think even Herzog has paid people to try to kill Herzog before. I mean, who hasn't yeah. been there? Uh, uh, by the way, I'm embarrassed that the bottom of the list here in terms of popularity are all foreign films that sound great because we're Americans and we're pathetic. Like, there's something called a general wearing the sword, sword, which is Haijong Zhang Jun, or I can't, I cannot even pronounce Chinese, but it's winter 1948, and two high-level officers in the National Chinese Army are planning to go over to the communist side, and that just sounds fucking amazing, and it looks great. I mean, it, it looks good. I'm just like, of course, we are terrible in America, and we hate anything good from other countries. I'm embarrassed. I mean, like. The bottom of the list is not full of stinkers here. The bottom of the list is full of things that look great. They just didn't do them in English or something, and we are terrible people. Yeah. I mean, uh, another thing I thought was interesting, uh, uh, a surprise hit was Kokana Kwatsi. Yeah, that was the uh, great um, Philip Glass film. So that was one I actually had on my list for uh, possible uh, um, uh, wild cards also, because this is one of those weird ones to watch, you know, it, it has a very specific fan base. Uh, you know, if you're into Philip Glass music, and it's like the ultimate like nature film, like, hey, we're going to stare at uh, time lapse of everything while his music plays. It, you know, very strange that it was a hit. It even came out where there was a hit. Uh, one I've been talking we should do eventually, which I think I'll put on a list for later this year. My favorite year was a big hit. That came out that year. Uh, have you guys seen that one? I have not. Mm-hmm. 
Mel Brooks, uh, it's loosely based on Mel Brooks' life, specifically. He produced it, but didn't direct it, uh, in which uh, Mark Lynn Baker from, you know, most people know him from Perfect Strangers, but he was a pretty big coming actor at the time. He plays basically Mel Brooks. And the idea is on the uh, Sid Caesar series, one time they had Errol Flynn come on. Errol Flynn was drunk, pretty uh, train wreck at this point, right before he dies. And in this one, Peter O'Toole plays the Errol Flynn-like characters. Like, they're, it's slightly fictionalized, but it's based on the time that Errol Flynn was a guest on Sid Caesar and how uh, Mel Brooks had to spend three days keeping him basically from uh, – try to keep him sober and re- available to do this episode. It's – Really neat uh, uh, performance. Uh, it's one of the movies that you got to watch because you're like, oh, wow. Very, very funny film. Um, you know, I, like I said, it's one of those weird, uh, One from the Heart came out, the movie that almost completely destroyed Francis Ford Coppola's career. Uh, speaking of Raul Julia. <laughs> yeah, that was the uh, music made uh, with uh, music, I'm trying to think, who did, like, we got to hear Harry Dean Stanton and Natasha Kinski sing. Not the best decisions, and uh, I'm trying to, uh, Tom Waits wrote all the music. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, I think I'm going to get this. Po- I have this posted soon, and we're going to have folks like I said. If you go to our Facebook group and our uh, Twitter account, that's Good Bad Nerdy Movie Pod, or on Facebook fans, Good Bad Nerdy Movie Podcast. Please vote. Uh, like we said, we want to see who got the best of these picks. Uh, I honestly, I think this was so much fun. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Oh, I had a good time with it. I mean, it's always good to review movies from my past, especially especially such formative movies. Like, I didn't realize a lot of these were released in 1982 until we did this project, so. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, 82, 84, and 89 are are all these three years. Like, how did all this stuff come out? But it did. You know, it's like, it's fascinating. And when you think about all these movies were in production as a block, as things were going apart, it's kind of strange. It's such... You know, in eighty in eighty one, all the all, there were all these big movie flops like Heaven's Gate and Popeye. So all the movie directors basically lost the ability to make films. Yet all these movies got made. So it's it's such a strange. It was you know after that things start to kind of tie down for a little bit until we get to eighty nine, where it's another massive uh, year for like all these crazy films. But I, like that's why I thought this would be a fun one to do. Folks, I hope you all had a good time listening to this. Please check us out on our groups. Please tell anybody if they haven't to listen to this podcast. Uh, guys, thanks again for doing this. Uh, you'll work if you. And uh, we'll, uh, you know, like uh, yeah, we're still going to do our regular reviews too, but it's nice to kind of change things up once in a while. So thanks for listening. And uh, please, please, please don't, whatever you do, watch that. <laughs> Night, everybody. Like, Come to Facebook. I'm going to link the trailer for Liquid Sky. Oh yes, actually, definitely watch the trailer for Liquid Sky. What a what a wonderfully bizarre. Anyway, good luck, everybody. I'll see you it's later. It's like a nightmare that David Bowie had one time. <laughs> <laughs>